Hey everyone, this is Amy Steele, also known as Ginny, from Friday the 13th, part two. And when I'm not studying up on child psychology, I'm listening to the Nightmare Junkhead podcast. and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast or podcast that will always and forever respect anyone that hands out the full-sized candy bar fuck yeah my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode our celebration of all things spooky and scary continues as we trick and treat our way through a literal grab bag episode and whether or not you've sold your soul to Satan, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your candy barter hole. <laughs> and you'll find us trick-or-treating out on social media. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and ding dong shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, October 21st, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com where they will have your, oh boy, <laughs> better not have your ding dong shenanigans taken indoors. Outdoors. Oh no, not even outdoors, no, my outdoors. friend. Virtually, it's all you, virtual. Especially, you don't want virtual ding dongs because those are the those are worst. I don't know live action ding dongs like in real life. Anyway, we're going way off the rails because I meant doorbells because we were talking about trick or treating and stuff. No, and no, it's our collective unconscious, right? At least we didn't say dong shenanigans. We'll get to those eventually. <laughs> That's Christmas. That's the advent calendar. <sighs> Well, we, I can make I can make a reference back to that. But that being said, on the Friday that this episode is releasing, our latest Friday Night Fright is from a master. Uh huh. It's one of the films from said master mm -hmm. that I think a lot of people overlook when looking at his filmography. We hope to see you all out for Tobey Who Pairs, The Fun House. Ooh, fitting because we're talking about clown horror and like fun house horror and like all mm -hmm. that sh good shit. I. Love shitty carnivals, and this checks off a lot of trademarks for me with Hooper and shitty carnivals. You put those together at a freak, yeah, you got good stuff, good stuff. And Hooper has never done us wrong at uh -uh. Friday Night Frights. No, no, not once. Now, that being said, looking forward to then next Friday night, and this one is where we're going off the rails. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been, obviously, fans of Shudder. Uh, Shudder is something that streams from home and just provides endless content and good stuff but this is your opportunity on that friday we're going to be doing a double feature yes a late night double feature. late night double feature uh where we're going to be taking in starting vhs 99 mm -hmm. and then closing out with deadstream which i have heard some really good stuff via the social medias yeah but i've avoided the trailers and see here's the thing I'm now interested, and if you would ask me a few years ago, hey, you want to see a found footage double feature? Bah! Bah! Right? And now I'm like, ooh, all right, cool. The new VHS? I'm down. Something cool getting a lot of good buzz that's supposed to be really scary? All right, cool. I'll give it a shot. Did you see they just announced the VHS 85? 85. And you know who's one of the directors? Gore's Love, baby. Gigi. Rocking it. So happy and proud. Me so too. So happy and proud. And- I've heard good stuff about the 99 version, and like I said, a lot of good stuff about Deadstream. We're going to find it out, yep. Really looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun, so thanks to Shudder for that. But that being said, looking at the lineup for uh, Shocktober for all of you out there that celebrate, mm -hmm. uh, on the Saturday, 22nd, we've got a litany of just horror classics, and from 1987, you got... An amazing lineup of vampire films. Uh, you got Near Dark, mm -hmm. of course, but you also get the one that 
I think more people enjoy. It's oh, more yeah, the, the more crowd pleaser, the populist vampire yeah. flick. Oh my goodness, the Lost Boys. Well, you take Kiefer, you throw in the Corys, you throw in vampires, and you got something good. Tim Capello, the sax guy. Oh yes, greasy sweat, every sex guy, sex guy, sax guy. Yeah, he's ready to rock and roll. You still believe? I do. I always enjoyed watching that movie and especially hosting that movie. It's always a fun time. That's a, It's just a fun movie. It's Joel Schumacher. It is. Like, he knows how to create a great film. Now, that being said, then, on Sunday, October 23rd, a film that when we were uh, last in Ottumwa, Iowa, playing the game of games, mm-hmm. was the one time that that young gaggle of horror fans actually... Got a point. Yeah. Taking it in, The Craft, which... A classic. Oh, I, I saw that in the theater. We are the weirdos, mister. Yes. Then on Monday, August tw- uh, October 24th, uh, your chance to see The Lost Boys again. But mark the dates, and hopefully by the time this one uh, releases, it's probably going to be sold out. But on October 25th and the 26th, Suspiria. Ooh, ooh, that's a fun time. With Claudio Simonetti's Goblin playing live along with it. Oh, that was such a good time last year. It was so slick. I mean, the music is bombastic in the movie itself, but to have the maestro himself playing it, fucking rocking it out, and then with the live set of the greatest hits afterwards. It's wonderful. Oh, it's rad, rad. Make sure, and and we're actually technically at Screenland kicking off the tour. Mm-hmm. So let's start them off well. And then on October 27th, a movie that we watched via Shudder, so again, another shout out to them, one that I know you dig a lot, The Love Witch. Oh, I like this movie a lot. This movie is rad. And you know what? People are like, oh, man, this is stupid, or oh, man, this is boring, or oh, this is weird. And I'll say, yes, I can see that. Certainly. I can understand that. But to know that the amount of detail that was made into this movie- and all done by her, and and the fact that like it is so bonkers, but it's it's so much like those old freakout movies from the sixties. I mean, just spot fucking on. <laughs> and Elaine is a treat, although don't drink any tea from her because it is some fucked up. There is something we're seeing a theme across a lot of horror films, and especially when you go into folk horror, is just be make sure you know what, what you're, you're being, drinking. Yes, right. And this is another one you're going to break out the dong gong a lot. Oh, yeah, you will. Yeah. yeah, you will. It is a sumptuous flick. Now, that being said. You should have for Valentine's Day one year. <laughs> Valentine's Day fell on a Wednesday, so it was film club. It's like, okay, we're going to show the love witch. <laughs> what was the conversation like afterwards? Ah, wonderful. Because we had normies come in. Oh, I bet it's like one of those like rom-coms. Like, I wonder if uh, Nicole Kidman plays the witch who just wants to find love, you know? Or some shit like that. Sandra So Bullock's- maybe it was a secret practical magic sequel? Exactly, right? But no, here's a lane. No, you just got to please your man by making him pie and then killing him, you know? And like, let me piss in a bottle and bury it in the backyard. Yeah, the conversation was great, and it was very split. People were like, man, that movie was dumb. I didn't get it, or I didn't like it. And people were like, that movie was fantastic. I enjoy this movie a lot, and I really like what she went for, but I can 100% see why people would not dig it. It is not for normies. In this day and age, if you if your horror film isn't divisive... Right, you're the, not doing something. It's, it's incredible, even at that point. No, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that one up on the big screen now. Of course, all that is happening locally here in the Kansas City area, but uh, if you live from afar and you're like, you know what, Screenland sounds like a pretty rad place, mm-hmm. I'd like to help them out. Well, you can do that a couple of ways. Uh, first, you can head on over to ScreenlandOnline.com, where they have a number of films that you can rent from them directly, or even better, become a member of their film family by going to Patreon.com Screenland, where amongst the many perks are a little thing we do called a Shutter Shoutout. Again, mm-hmm. Waxing the car of Shutter a lot right? this episode. But uh, we provide, what do you call it, Genius? It's the home game. If you are not able to make a Friday Night Frights here in person, mm-hmm. we have the, the home version. We got you covered. We now, got you covered. The, it's just no prizes. No prizes. No, no. The prize itself are the films we're going to be streaming. And we're going to be taking in, we adjusted. Mm-hmm. We called an audible. Uh, but our latest one is going to be happening on Saturday, October 29th. And the two films we're taking in, what was the theme we were going for? Bizarre childhood drama. 
And one of these is going to be a first timer for me. Mm-hmm. The one and that, I haven't seen that one in a minute, and I remember really liking it. So I'm uh, looking forward to seeing it again. I remember being haunted by the VHS cover of actually both of these films, but we're going to open with an old time favorite mm-hmm. with the show, uh, The Gate from 1987. But they're going to we're going to close out with the one that's going to be a first timer for me and a revisit for you, The Lady in White. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Looking forward to both of those. Now, of course, again, both of those are going to be streaming on Shutter. But by joining the Screenland Film family, you're going to have access to content that Genius and I put together, including a pre-show, uh, video intro where we're going to give you some context and fun stuff regarding the films, trailer, uh, customized trailer reels for each one, and of course, the post-film discussion, mm-hmm. where we always process all of this uh, on there now. If that sounds good, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland. But genius, I'm talking Patreon and film family. A bellies. We also have our own little corner of Patreon and group of, again, wonderful taste in movies, but questionable taste in podcasts, potentially. (laughs) We love every single one of you all out there. And of our tiers that we offer, our top tier, it's the Another Place tier. You get all the stuff in all the other tiers, uh, new horror episodes, commentaries, but the main perk is you get to request a film for Genius and I to watch. So I want to give a real quick shout out to film family member Michelle, who provided our latest one, (laughs) where we had a chance to chow down and uh, revisit, oh boy, 2014's Cooties. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. And you know what? Here's the bad thing. So, Hmm. So we recorded it. Got it all in the can. Everything's good. About maybe about four or five days later, they just like, hey, I'm going to go to McDonald's because they have those new adult Happy Meal toys and I want them to get me one. And I do. Right. And I mm-hmm, did. Mm-hmm. And like, OK, do you want the cheeseburger? Do you want the chicken nuggets? And I was on the phone. And I'm like, I hey, just give me the 10 piece chicken nuggets. Right. And I'm like, then I'm like, wait a minute. Why did I do that? And I was like, fuck. And so it was almost too late to buyer's like, remorse. Right. Because I'm sitting there like slowly looking around and eating my chicken nugget, making sure there's no, like, nothing green in it or any ooey-gooey. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. And I'm like, (laughs) and I'm sitting there eating. And it's too late because I'm already, like, it's too late for, I'm at work, right? And so I'm like, oh, damn it. (laughs) And so, yeah. You could have told me that before I came over, man. You know, I don't know how long that might take into effect. So now I'm going to be side-eyeing you the rest of the show. I've gone through puberty probably twice. (laughs) So, so. (laughs) But it was really nice to revisit. So again, thank you, Michelle, for allowing us to do that. And what was really cool, though, is we're recording these in advance enough that our latest Nerdoween ha- hasn't happened. Hasn't happened, but at the time you're listening has, and I'm sure everybody had a wonderful time. Thank you all for coming out. We had a great time, I'm, I'm sure. And I would like for all you to shut the fuck up. So, like... Oh, yeah, that's right. We could actually <laughs> say all that. I was like, what? no, wait. Oh, yeah. It'll have We're in the future. <laughs> but... Uh, Cooties was part of oh, one of our Nerdoween. Yeah, our fifth Nerdoween. So again, thanks to everyone that came out. Thanks again, Michelle, for the recommendation. And again, we have every tier for every fear that is out there. So if that sounds interesting, come join our little film family by going to Patreon.com/slash/NightmareJunkhead. A lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of good stuff. And speaking of good stuff, there's been a lot of good stuff this month so far. Well, and this is what's great is we have pretty meticulously planned out the remainder of ideally the rest of the year mm-hmm. episodes themes and we've been banking quite a few again yeah. we're getting advanced here because uh, march is not that far away <sighs> you had to say it didn't you you had to say it we, we gotta start we planning gotta, we now. gotta start getting ready man <laughs> we got unless we want to do march april may like the first year <laughs> we've learned from our mistakes that's why we start we are the chipmunks yeah of horror podcast we're planning in advance exactly. baby the god bless themed month <laughs> but originally this uh f- this episode was supposed to be our time at halloween palooza right which has already occurred again and again. I know I'm it. Sure, everybody had a great time. Uh, all you guys out there at Atuma, prescribed um, films, yeah, Reverend Entertainment, Attack of the Killer podcast. All the listeners, uh, everybody, Rod. You guys had a blast, and we will be back. We promise. But we had anticipated having a lot of content because I want to go back to the spot where my elbow used to be, and I want to like 
you know you either spit on it or put a flower one of the two make peace with it my friend you something you know you have you learned nothing in horror films if there's a bird station charging station there oh i'll be pissed it's gonna get vandalized i'm gonna get arrested in iowa and so I was ready to go see it. So maybe I'll have some maybe t- it's a good thing we went there because I think you still hold a lot of this negative energy. Got a lot of anger towards birds and not the flying kind. I I'm shooting birds with BB guns, but they're not the winging kind. Pew pew pew, taking out tires and shit. <laughs> Fuck them. Oh lord, it's from my elbow. So that didn't happen. No, that didn't happen. No, and we were like, well, snap. There's a, a week's you worth of good stuff. And what have you we seen lately? Well, what do we, we want to see lately? Well, and that's when we were like, you know what? Let's put together kind of a little grab bag mm-hmm. of not necessarily focusing an entire episode on one film, but just saying, hey, let's little pick here. It's almost like a little buffet. Right. In fact, we were actually saying it was like a trick or treat. It's like a candy bag. bag. Good yeah. bag. It's like when you come home from your trick or treating and you like pour all your pile out. and You're like, oh, bet I want Start this. Sorting it out. That, a little bit of that. Like Barter Town, you know, like, OK, cool. I'll give you three of these for those right there. All right, cool. You know, throw in some of those and you got a deal. Cool. Well, the best part is we were pretty exclusive in terms of where we went for our candy. Mm-hmm. And the first house we rang is the the owner is one Adrian Torres, which if you know him, ideally you love him. Mm-hmm. He is one of our besties and he gave us some insight to because he is a film critic on top of the litany of other stuff that he does he gets early access to certain films that are coming out and he also knows we love us some genre movies uh-huh. and especially anything that happens to contain anything associated with one Linnea Quigley yes and here we go thinking we've seen the majority of Linnea's entire catalog but lo and behold well and to not even talk about the importance of her mm-hmm. in that the very first thing you and I was, ever recorded was talking about Linnea Quigley. It was the the stepbrothers moment when we were talking, and I was like, I was thinking to myself, eh, this guy's pretty quick, and it's like he speaks the same language. Imagine that. Did we just become best friends? Yep. yep. <laughs> it was it was wonderful, and because of that, Adrian knows that, and we're living in kind of this grand age of boutique Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. Every cult film that's out there has. Like this loaded version, and the more random, the better. Exactly. We live, like you're saying, we live in this golden age of almost um, media archaeology. Yes. Where yes, all these things, these that are lost and thought of gone um, from another time, another culture, long gone, are now being unearthed and discovered and yes. found. And, and then instead of being put on a museum, it's put in boutique Blu-rays and different things like that for everybody to enjoy. So I love this golden age of uh, media archaeology. And our friends at Vinegar Syndrome, uh, Scream Factory, mm-hmm. uh, Arrow Video, Synapse. Blue, Blue Underground. Yes. And also including Visual Vengeance, who are putting out this Blu-ray of a lost Linnea Quigley film. And this is my favorite thing because it's called... It's no, Known as many things. You might know it as Heartland of Darkness. Mm-hmm. It's also AKA Blood Church. And it has, apparently, it's again one of those regional things. And it was one of those that, had you heard of it beforehand? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. And I'm not saying we're all Linnea completionists. Right. But, but we love her a lot. We love her performances because I always think she just. She knows the film she's in. And she always elevates it. And it's her sardonic, dry delivery. I think I mentioned it. She's got the kind of a low bass register, where but she's just, just so tiny. Exactly. Where she's a juxtaposition. She's like just small and wayfish, but she's like, you know, I'm going to kick your ass, guys. <laughs> it's wonderful. And I had heard through the grapevine that there was this film that had not, it was apparently like they just stopped production of it. Kind of like with New York Ninja, how they're discovering these films repurposing them and then putting them back out in this case it was uh, written and directed by eric swellstad never heard of him before so genius and i we started watching this because we initially thought it's linnea we can make an entire episode of that no doubt no doubt and again we are a podcast of positivity from the get-go from the minute like the font hit with this with the, the the title sequence and everything Uh it was a bit of a okay (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Uh-oh. It's <laughs> And again, any movie made is a miracle. Absolutely. It's someone's life. It's so much hard work. And I hats off because this was not a waste of time at all. In no. fact, being that maybe I need to become a Linnea Quigley completionist because I think seeing it with you by hand made it a good experience because from the get-go you mentioned it was going to be more of a, I think we're going to have some fun with it potentially but everyone's heart was in the right place because yeah. it was not made tongue-in-cheek no they made it serious in fact and- I would argue that the the like our lead re- uh, character uh, Reverend Donovan <laughs> he was going for it he was going for it he was sermonizing he was preaching and a lot of his stuff like it and was not campy. He was an oh, he was over the top. He was just chewing every scene he was in. He was just like om nom nom. And the simplest questions were like, "Hey, how, what'd you have for breakfast? The salt of the earth shall be thrown upon the eggs of damnation, upon the toasted flesh of the wicked." So you had toast, eggs, and bacon. That is correct for the prophecies doth say so. And you're like, wow, you're intense, dude. You're intense. A lot of intense performances in this movie. And then Linnea comes in. Hey, I'm going to get naked. And you're like, there's Linnea. There's Linnea. And now this came out in 1992. So this is still early 90s Linnea. This is still when she's kind of in her heyday. But this is also at that point now where she's definitely going to, my name will draw Mm -hmm. some potential investors for your movie. And that's I, when we really, because by the time like the mid 90s hit, again, Scream had to revitalize it. People still had to work. Yeah. So it's. And, and, and she was still throwing good shit out there. She absolutely. Had, like, Hollywood Chainsaw Hooker. She had her uh, horror workout, workout, all that good stuff. She was up all night staple. She had the whole Vice Academy uh, series going for her. Well, and then what I also like with this film is it's very much kind of a product of a little bit after its time. But the whole satanic panic vibe, mm-hmm. which we've kind of gotten a little bit reborn again with all. Of, yeah, because everything it's, 80s and late early 90s is new again. And apparently. so bringing in the more satanic things. And it's almost kind of like a for the greater good thing where the whole town is evil. I had that written in notes. It's very much that because they preach protection and this society which as you pointed out multiple times like really and you have a lot to be proud about here yeah because like we're going to control satan has granted this power (laughs) beyond our measure then like why are you stuck in iowa i mean and like no shame to every iowa listeners or anything but like if i'm making a deal with the devil I, and I'm not gonna stick in. I'm not gonna try and take over small town Iowa. Well, I'm gonna try to take over Vegas, but maybe or like New York, or Tokyo. Where, but that's where you'd fail, my friend. You got to start small, innocuous, anonymous. Like they said, that's the the whole thing with the small towns. See, you're too, you're too much of a star effort, my that's, friend. That's true. You, I, you, I maybe I tried to shoot. See. But see, if I here's the thing: if I try to take over a small town like all of the, the way that this guy did, did it would be like <laughs> adult child of the corn. You know what I'm saying? It would be like because, <laughs> like, basically, that's kind of how this town works out. Where, where instead of the children are evil, it's the town is evil. Like second child, <laughs> middle children of the corn. Yep. But because, like, I know that if I try to do it, it would wind up being goofy and like I'm going to. I, I when I came to finally fine, I'm not gonna be able to control Vegas. I'll control this town. This town, actually, you know what? Thinking about it, having my own small town would be kind of rad. Because yeah, like, I I could walk into the local diner. Hello, like, what would be your order? <laughs> I'll have the burnt flesh of the unborn children of the chicken. So you want more eggs? Yes. Right. And so, like, I could go to the Bola Rama and, like, be fucking king. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, his <laughs> sermons were hardcore and everybody in the town. And it went, you know what? It even went to the Iowa governor. I don't know if this was Iowa, but it just seemed like it's the heartland I, of darkness. I'm I, just. We, it's the Atomboy thing, I'm telling you. Because it's not in Kansas. Because, like, we would have seen. Critters. We would have seen critters and shit, right? They would have been like, we're going to destroy the Kansas City Chiefs. No, they're going to be like, we're going to destroy the Royals. And then all the other baseball teams like, yeah, too late, dude. We already did that. And so. <laughs> we just lost the sports ball contingent, my friend. <laughs> but I gained some more fans. But here's the <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Good God. But I can see I can see pros and cons. And I think you're right. I think pros and cons of like taking over a small town with Satan, you know? You know what? I'm just glad you you yourself got a message from the movie and that's the well, that's what we're going for. Now, there are a couple times Shoot for the stars. And even if you fail, you'll wind up in hell. You're in good company. Including a Samuel Clements, aka Mark Twain impersonator that we got. As, as our as our main piece is great. And then the the library of banned books. That was great. I wrote that in my note. That gave me a good giggle. Well, and then we had a moment where we thought the movie was gonna get really problematic with the inclusion of Dobson. Yeah. And let's just say I Initially, they said Black Dobson. Yeah. Oh, Black Dobson, and then jail for murdering babies, and we're like, oh shit! Like we had a moment where, like, is this going to get uncomfortable? Right. I'm like, because you, because you're not the you, Rock. You can't be a character called Black Adam or Black Dobson. And this is like, and if you've the read ni- anything, and this is the '90s. You've read anything by Twain? You know where we're going. You have to avoid that. And so we're like, uh oh. But sure enough, uh, lo and behold, Black Dobson must be black. What'd you say? Black, black metal Dobson, right? Because he looks like Nathan Explosion, <laughs> and he sounds like sounds Nathan like Explosion it. too. Because he's like, well, that's pretty brutal, right? I'm gonna kill babies. And at that, uh, multiple points throughout this film, we were wondering if we had missed something, possibly, just because the connective thread, certain things we were not privy to, yeah. because we also have a whole angle on the media and the axis of the media. It's interesting how it played. Uh, in fact, to the point where you've got the young daughter being indoctrinated into the school, and you have apparently Linnea Quigley is the teacher, and that's a very laxed... Dress code. Like dress code Again, because she's she both. Alistair Crowley's curriculum, my friend. They, right? They're a little more free thinking than we were brought up in our public and schools. Here's the thing, because like both Linnea Quigley as the teacher and the student must have shopped at Kelly Bundy's uh, Fredericks of Hollywood because they were both wearing like 90s hot attire. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, wait a minute. I've I've. That must be a scene out of like a David Lee Roth video with Hot for Teacher because Linnea Quigley's dressed up like a rock video and so is the daughter. Now, speaking of the daughter, we get a lot of daughter nudity in this one. But here's the thing. It kind of threw me off at the daughter nudity because the character, the way she the way her questions and her speech was written, it sounded I was like. Are you supposed to be seven, but you're actually 17 played by a 24 year old? Let's hope. Let's hope. Right. <laughs> because you're going to it's going to take you on a journey and that journey's not good. You're just it's 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 not well. It's not. The lighting is a little rough, but let me shout shout out special effects, though. Special effects for the for the after, the after effects. Yes. The after effects are really good. A lot of a uh, lot of uh, simplistic on screen kills. But mm-hmm. the after effects are really nicely done. I thought they were really good. Um, it should be noted. We discovered via this that there is a reverend trope out there. And it is that a reverend is very much into handiwork around the church, be it, um, you know, putting on a new roof. Collecting cans and then cleaning up the yard. Yes, constantly. If a reverend is not creepily shopping or preaching a sermon, he's being extremely handy around the house. It's pretty rad. Again, utilitarian, uh, multiple uses. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And it's in this particular movie. The only thing is very weird sex scene music. Oh, well, yeah, very much so. Oh, no, we're good. I can carry this tune, my friend. Don't you worry, because this is one of those. And I was even looking at the Blu-ray when because admittedly, this is an hour and 41 minute film that really needs to be 85 minutes. There's a lot that probably could be cut out. And looking at the Blu-ray, you've got multiple commentary tracks by the writer director, either the. One of the, the the actors, it's got like a retrospective, a new one with Linnea. I mean, it's loaded. Ooh, trick or treat. It is loaded. It is loaded. And a labor of love, no doubt, in this movie, even no. though there's stuff about it that you can definitely point out and just go, yeah, that's a little bit weak. But this movie, you can tell, was not made tongue in cheek. This was a... This was a serious movie. This but, is Turbo Kid. Right. This was made with love yeah. and the care. And, and this was somebody's story, you know? So the fact that... It's there and people can watch it and appreciate it 
and whether you're having a good time, whether you're laughing, at least it's got eyes on it now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there's a moment where you can tell. And I got vibes, Halloween 3 vibes in this movie, mm-hmm. Red State vibes, Midnight Mass vibes. We were talking about the variety of movies that this would play well as like a double feature. And that's because... And cat vibes. There's fake cat oh. trauma. Watch out for the fake cat trauma. <laughs> and, and it was so funny because I couldn't tell if they knew it was totally... In, it looked like it was trying to be more of a reveal. Right, but it was right there, right there in your face. And you know what? I'm the last person to laugh <laughs> no, at cat trauma. You're but sensitive. the fact I'm over there going... <laughs> that, it that's like, when I knew it was okay. Yeah, no, it's okay. This cat trauma is hilarious. So. But then there's a moment, very Halloween 3, where you realize the entire town is wired for the greater they have spy tech they know they know age of demarcation right completely but as i was saying my the issue was and i remember when we i we were viewing this through a laptop it was up on the on your on your tv at a certain moment i've i wiggled the thing to see how far along we were god damn we still got 20 minutes as I mentioned, I think you could cut a lot out of this film, and I know that would be tough for them because this is one that was rediscovered, put together. A number of production pe- companies came together but to get this out. Don't go in looking for groundbreaking Citizen Kane of horror. If you want to see something cool that's gonna, like hasn't been found, I mean, mm-hmm. hasn't been seen the light of day, pick it up, check it out. I think you'll have fun with this yeah. one. So yeah, check that out through Vicious vicious v- visual vengeance my goodness vicious visual vi- visual vengeance not to be confused with vinegar syndrome now that being said from adrian's house we're we're gonna go trick-or-treat actually over to our our friends at screenland uh-huh and hopefully they won't be uh, uh tricking us here and this is a halloween movie too it's very much a halloween movie and it is a sequel. Mm-hmm. It is a newly released horror film. And one that you were not the biggest fan of the original. However, I enjoyed it probably more so. Well, so the original is, and I've seen that for me. Oh, yeah? Because of reputation, mm-hmm. podcasts listened to, things on YouTube that I've seen just in terms of the greatest hits. I liked it a lot. I've seen it twice. I can go, yeah, it's Art the Clown dispatching people classically in under 80 minutes. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. <laughs> so let's go the opposite of it for this Terrifier 2. I like Terrifier 1, and I'm not going to go, oh, that movie's fucking great. I mean, I'm a, I I really enjoyed it, actually. Um, the bifurcation scene, the famous scene, that's, it's that pretty scene. fucking gory, and it's pretty fucking grand. This one, I think, finally turns up the gore a lot. There's a lot of gore in this. And here's the thing. I think I wasn't the biggest fan. I mean, I liked the first one a lot, but I'm not going to be like, it's fucking great. I think because it was mean. Now, it is mean. Part two was not as mean at all and i think it was significantly better than part one and although it was significantly longer it got mean at the end well the first and foremost i remember seeing the runtime and i literally i refreshed the page i was at i saw it was the same i went to another website to to confirm because i could not believe two and a half hours of carnage and gore in a movie that in the first carnage and gore yes and I'll just say this. I was shockingly surprised at how much I enjoyed Terrifier 2. And I think it, it's a number of things. Number number one, it's better production design. Mm-hmm. The film looks so much better. And again, the it's bits and pieces I've polished. seen, yeah. same amazing effects, but like the production design, it looks better. The acting, yeah, I think was, an, and again, no shade to the one people origi- in the original but one. But even by Art, the clown himself, he is significant significantly more active and acting in this movie than he was in the last one in the last one yeah he was just like i'm a scary clown and i'm gonna get you he was a mime back then but he almost has like a weird character arc in this one he's got a journey that he goes on and to see him actually act without saying just in not mind one word not a not word, word not a grunt not a noise anything just all facial and acting so I, I was impressed by that. David Howard Thornton's portrayal of Art the Clown is everything that's nonverbal, and he's scary. He's funny. He's hilarious. I guffawed a few times, inappropriately a few times. Well, so the first, I saw, I've technically seen it a, a one and a half times. Um, I saw it in theater one on opening night. I actually made it part of a double feature with Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Nice. Would have played better... The other, uh, the way I really could have used a palate cleanser after it, but it played wonderfully because there were number one, I saw a lot of people wearing Terrifier shirts. Like this movie has, it's got very, legs, very much so. But then, 
there was a couple kind of sitting adjacent to me in the front row of the couches. They were reacting to the gore, to the kills, to the laughs, and then more importantly, spoiler alert, but it's in it's in the uh, the, the credits. One the Felissa Rose cameo yeah. friggin' killed. And it's so nice to see people reacting, oh yeah, it's Felissa. People reacted in my theater when I saw it too. It's great. Yeah. But then I came into yours about halfway through because watching it the first time, I didn't realize there was a stinger to it as well. A big mate. There's a mid credit scene. It's, it's a big it's one. long. It yeah. is very long. But yeah, I was shocked at how quickly it went. Yeah, at how it was very RRRian, as in a way like <laughs> as R because RRR is three and a half hours, but it felt like an hour and a half. Certainly, this one's two and a half hours, and it felt like maybe an hour forty. I mean, it really flew, and it takes some time to get to know a lot of these other people. And again, I think the acting is so much a little bit better than the ones in the original. Uh, from Lauren Lavera as our main character, Sienna. And everyone involved then there. Now, what you don't see is that little bit of a grin. You can say it. She's aesthetically pleasing. She's a treat. But it's her journey and her character that goes, God, that goes through a lot. Yeah. I'm talking like. Her and the brother. Oh, my God. And the little brother being a metalhead. He has the, the Slayer, Hella Waits poster. Uh, a lot of a lot to love with a lot of the characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. But family dynamic, but it's they're going to be dispatched because it's gory as shit. This movie is gory. And I will say this. There is a there's a we're in a renaissance of practical effects and game show esque kind of or like home no, video. Ben, no, we're also, wrong. A, we're also in a we're also in a uh, renaissance of like sitcoms and filming tragically gone wrong. And f- yeah, when you go in front of a live studio audience and you have Art the Clown and this is where no you art, got no when you get that oddly catchy clown cafe song cuz the food is always funny at the clown cafe i would eat at the clown cafe not a deal breaker no absolutely not a deal breaker i would probably try to be a manager of the clown cafe i don't know about me i'm just i'd be a little cautious of what you eat there but it this is, is where funny. you get in terms of the stylized violence, and again, he dispatches people with his little bag, but from the, what is, would you call that, a Tommy gun? Yes, his magical Tommy gun. Well, and all this is all dream sequence, but, mm-hmm. but his, when all the magical shit, when the real stuff happens. Oh, that's when. That's when the that's when the depravity starts. Well, and one of the things that got me was, you talked about his performance, but the laundromat scene. <laughs> Minus... Sons his getup just sitting there. Oh, and his little sidekick was disturbingly creepy. Horrible. His new little sidekick was terrifying. Ter- yeah. yeah. And terrifying. It's, it's the look. It's that smile. It's the smile and the one crooked pigtail. Oh, that crooked pigtail. It's it's terrifying. It's it's, it's disturbingly funny. The, the kills in this are super gratuitous. Uh don't become attached to anyone. No. No. Can can we say dong? We we have to do the we have to get the one that the, the where the tip breaks off. Oh yes, like, and fistfully in. Fried. Okay, yeah. yeah, because technically we have mangled dong. We can call dick trauma though, and Felissa Rose in it, so yeah, that's appropriate. It's appropriate, but mangled there's dick. there's a dispatching scene that if I were to put a pre-show together, I would include that moment in Close Encounters of the Third Kind with the mashed potatoes. Oh, when he shoves the mashed potatoes in her mouth hole. It's horrible. What used to be her face because of a shotgun blast. The shotgun to the head was a mwah. And, and um, our trick-or-treater here would appreciate this, D. There's a scene in the, the Terrifier 2 where he brutally beats up this teen to the point where and he rips off her scalp and he pulls off chunks of her and then he twists his arm in half and shatters her knee bone and then leaves her for dead and she's still alive and he's she's like oh my god she's trying to escape and the next thing you know he comes out and he's like all happy and jaunty and he's got like a thing full of vinegar and a handful of the morton salt girl and and he's over there like all happy and just like poof and just like fucking throw let me ask did you giggle during oh fuck yeah i did because she's like ah and i'm like oh right so i'm trying to because a lot for the first two well for the first two hours the kills i wouldn't say they're supposed to be funny but they're over the top and comical enough where i'm like right where i'm guffawing right 
And I'm like, oh no, like like Harry Potter. I shouldn't have laughed at that, right? So like, <laughs> well, and it should be noted. By the time I came in, it was a pretty good crowd. Uh, shout out Parker was out there in the uh-huh. audience, but there was a couple in front of us that definitely looked like they were on a date. And at certain points, they were kind of sitting really far from each other. And I don't don't know how much of it was the movie, but I can't imagine this being a good. First couple of date movies. Yeah, I don't know if it would be a f- good first date. It would definitely be a good litmus test. Yes. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, especially can you handle the maniac behind us that's laughing and guffawing throughout these scenes of gratuity? <laughs> At least they didn't break out like a stogie. <laughs> fucking start lighting it up and shit. Well, you have been established. Both of you have been established as monsters here on the show, so. <laughs> Man, fuck them kids. <laughs> no, Art, no. But to see the reactions, be it you, the couple, anything, because sadly, I really didn't have much of an audience in mine. And again, Theater One holds quite a few. So this was in Theater Three. And I think this one almost plays as well, kind of intimately that way, because it's a sleazy one. I mean, communal, you can feel it more on that side, which I absolutely loved. Um, The inclusion and i i'm gonna it's not even spoilers but like the idea of the father and the the, the, the sketch pad a lot of the ideas i thought it's, they i'm glad it, they tried something cool but they didn't really flush it out a little bit more i mean we're talking about the characters the characters themselves are fleshed out nicely the yeah, family actually, dynamic was fleshed out nicely but the supernatural elements, because cl- art is clearly there's something else undead. going on. Yeah, yeah, there's something magical happening with art, especially now that the mid credit scene. Yes, right. And there's something magical about the girl. There's something magical about the costume. Magical about this dagger. It's never really explained, and it's never really brought up. It's no. fruitioned, but it's never fleshed out i will say this based on the imagery on that i think rad we could have a killer kid icarus film yes that just like amps up the gore taking on medusa and what have you because the journey of the costume and again the symbol is actually her that whole sequence of her putting it together mm-hmm. at the beginning was i really cool. dug i can see how you could cut a little bit out of this again from heartland of darkness from an hour and 40 to 85 even if you took out the supernatural elements of her when she even when she goes into like her whole like escaping of the water Mm -hmm. spoilers and her transformation even if you took the supernatural element out of that cut that scene you would and take like her sword is magic and Mm -hmm. shit you would still wind up with some awesome shit oh absolutely you know even if you took out the premonitions like what my our dad died and he brought me a cool sword from indonesia or no he he brought me a good sword from pakistan and so (laughs) i don't even that's gonna be so regional and yet anyone out there that knows Odyssey martial arts and whatever they were, were packing with their swords, my goodness. Uh, there was that, uh, his literal grab bag of stuff that he was just carting his, around his with trash him. trash bag of implements of destruction? Um, uh, it just everything on display here. And I will say, in terms of putting everything together... Um, uh, oh my goodness, what's his name? Uh, let's David, see here. Damien uh, Leone. Damien Leone. Writing, Bravo. directing, and the special effects. He did it's, a good job. I mean, yeah. significant change of pace. I think he's in a better place than he was in, in Terrified 1. Yeah. You know, I think he's in a better mental space, even though it's still fucked up, twisted, and dark. This one was significantly more fun than the first one. And I think that's what the Terrified franchise needs. I don't hope it doesn't lean too much into the fun and make art, like, too goofy like Freddy. Well, and, but, he's, and he's very much becoming... One of those hor- new icons, 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 like a like a Victor Crowley, yeah. uh, 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 Vernon Leslie, and that Pantheon. So yeah, the, could go one way or the other, or we we may never hear from Art the Clown again. And again, Damien Leon goes into something different. Well, he sure enough sends the seeds for a Terrifier three. Well, and then that 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 mid uh, stinger scene. No Ben, no. I got a, br- a a brood feeling. Yeah, in a way. Oh yeah, especially the fact that the licking. <laughs> yeah, and that's where. Chris Jericho shows up, which was waiting for the walls of Jericho. Like, you know, you put Art the, t- Art the Clown in a lion tamer, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll tap out immediately. Well, you know, with Felicity Rose and Chris Jericho, when it comes to streaming, we're going to see it on Joe Bob. Uh, yeah, it'll make its way there. That's kind of inappropriate. But I remember you like you got up and you're like, that was really good. I really enjoyed myself. I really, I, really, really... I really enjoyed myself. That was a lot of fun. Well, and it's, it's good that 
movies can still surprise us mm-hmm. in a way. I mean, like uh, I even mentioned it on my little I've seen that on Smile. That was a huge surprise. I for still want to watch Smile. Well, it was it was based on the baggage I brought. I assumed one thing, but then I got something totally else. And it was <laughs> just it's nice to be surprised. Speaking so, of surprises, let's well, talk about our next trick or treat. So, that was a fucking awesome surprise. So thank you, Screenland. Had a great time with Terrifier Two. Now in this case, we're we're gonna be knocking. Man, this is weird when we're knocking on this door. When we're knocking on Disney's door. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. It, let's bring out some Disney horror. And you want to talk about kinder trauma, the, the old school Sleepy Hollow cartoon. Oh, with Ichabod? Do you remember that? Yeah. Terrifying. Fucking uh, Return to Oz, the Wheelers. Oh, my God. The fucking opening the scene with, their, with the opening scene when where they're, they're elect- fucking electrocuting Dorothy. It, honestly, any 1940s Disney food movie, Bambi included. Fucking something this wicked this way comes. That's a fucking cauldron. dope. The Black Cauldron. Fucking even the Black Hole had some scary shit. Oh, that's some existential stuff. Nightmare right there. Disney has always had a darker edge, especially when I think it was being true to itself. Mm-hmm. So I'm not shocked when people are are like, oh, Disney and scary stuff? I can't imagine that because I think- Hocus Pocus 2? There's <clears throat> demons coming out of oh, our Oh, good TV Lord, screen. that whole thing. That's fucking stupid. That's almost as dumb as the satanic panic <clears throat> as earlier we were talking about. It is, but I think Disney has become so- commodified in a way that it has become such a sparkling clean image that people do forget its darker roots right like like it's a, for example disney owns 42nd street now <laughs> yeah they do if you just probably dig a little deeper there's probably still a, a, a theater somewhere yeah after midnight when, when when the mouse is away the cats will play well and even looking at the uh, the mcu they're really starting to lean into horror, be it through Doctor Strange, be it through the latest uh, the latest Thor flick, uh, Love and Thunder. Still gotta watch that. The moments with gore and Christian Bale as gore, terrifying. There are moments that he is. You'll you'll probably appreciate this. He's scared. He's going out of his way to freak these little kids out. And there's a moment where they go to his this planet, and it goes from bright colors to black and white, which is appropriate given. That we took in, and this was a nice one because I had planned on watching this regardless, but it just so happened that after we took in Heartland of Darkness and realized, yeah, we probably can't stretch out a really positive episode on that. Not for 45 minutes. Let's take in a little little after uh, the palate cleanser and uh, Werewolf by Night. That was slick. Nice surprise. That was super slick. And from the moment... With that special event Marvel logo. Oh, the fact that it turned black and white. That special, no, the special event. And it started with that. I was like, I was like, okay, okay, all right. They're tapping into a particular kind of nostalgia, and and that's just for us because like kids. Well, yeah, yeah, the kids, the ones they're going for. No idea what that would be. But here's the thing, though, they're now introduced to that. Yeah. That's their special little moment there. And again, there's an entire generation of young genre fans that have been raised on Marvel films, mm-hmm. on the MCU, the importance of continuity and how everything ties in together. That didn't really exist when we were all no. growing up. We were, we had- This is what you got. Ah, this And this is the way it is. Now, that being said, I'm glad that they're bringing in horror directors. Again, Sam Raimi and Doctor Strange. Um, Scott Dickerson and Doctor Strange. Yes, they're allowing these people that have horror pedigree to introduce that kind of stuff to gateway horror. And when I heard about this, this whole again the 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 the, the monster side of the Marvel universe, going back to the comics, Tomb of Dracula, where all well, that is explored. One of the very first Marvel movies, aside from like the Corman ones was the blade the blade all about the darker side of Marvel. r-rated as you get, can get out <laughs> right R. fucking that that's where you become a naughty vampire god that's where you learn some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill exactly that's where you learn what frost is so yeah a lot to learn from the first blade <laughs> and lessons learned because werewolf by night number one 54 minutes perfect it is not a movie. It is not a um, miniseries. A t- no, nothing. Again, going to a comic roots, it's a one shot. Yep. 
And that's all you need. And it's the one shot that you would get during Halloween in October mm-hmm. where the spooky and scary stuff happens. And the way it's presented in wonderful black and white. Oh, it was so cool with the whole noir, very universal yes. monsters it, feel. And you even mentioned, you're even like, I hope. Intro. It's, oh, and it's very much the Wolfman. It's, it's, and what I also like is there are a number of people like, hey, is that? such and such hey is that such oh is this movie gonna go such and such based Mm -hmm. on who's in this film and it was it was it was nice and you could tell on the choreography uh the characterization there's a lot of love i think in this because i always appreciated that monster side of the marvel universe and it also stays good to the action side too oh there's the the fight scene between the two monster hunter between all the monster hunters actually but the fact hold on let me back up the fact that you center a story on the funeral of a monster hunter where all the other monster hunters are coming to claim what's like the bloodstone that alone is fucking awesome just monster hunter right and then you throw in the fact that you have like seasoned fighters fighting shit and the fight was well choreographed you could see it like something we say on media rewind the mark of a good fight is when it's cool and you can actually yep see what the fuck is going on and it was extremely bloody to the point there was a wonderful bloody blood gag as they're still fighting and kicking blood just squirts across as he's doing flips and shit but they could get away with it because it's in this gorgeous black and white. And the fact that that whole blood flip is preceded by someone's getting their arm cut off by a giant battle axe. Right. And we both giggled at the blood gag because we were both like, that's that's wonderful. It's that's them showing funny. what can we get away with here mm-hmm. and introduce this kind of a, a harder edge. This is going to be some kids like uh, when we watched Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. This is going to be their Temple of Doom. It's going to be that moment Call for them to go, oh, Momshibai. They're going to be like, oh, my God, what do I do with this? Because <laughs> then the level of violence kicks up to the point where you get said severed hand firing off a cool little wrist, a uh, little crossbow. Wrist launcher into the former owner of said severed hand. In the throat. Neck. And then you see it because he's still alive. And she basically chokes him out. And he's like. And you're like, God damn, Marvel. That's wonderful. And then it just proceeds to get more violent from there. And then when you introduce one of my favorite characters, because there is always cross. Fucking man thing. Giant size, giant size man thing, and he looked rad as shit. And he had this power set too, because who knows fear will burn at the touch of man thing. And so, sure enough, he fucking melted people's faces off, and it was well done. And he looked slick. And I think the black and white cinematography adds to that, much like in the mist, where it can mask some of the CGI and just make it look cool Mm -hmm. and also then you can get away with the burning touch of the man thing thing. oh lord it's intense it's so intense and then by the time you get the twist in the film you're like oh you realize that guy from itu mama tambien but see even before at the funeral i like i said i've always i i I don't know if i'm going on record but like when i die i want like either my my head or my brain put into a jar right or put into a robot right you you want in one aspect you want a futurama-esque right eventuality if i cannot have that if technology is not there what's your contingency what they did in here to turn the uh dead into an automaton with like a recorded voice and jokes and shit because he's even like sitting there i'll be rotting for i'll be go to the victor remember i'll be rotting for you (laughs) i want to be turned into some weird fucking showbiz chuck e cheese-esque well here's the problem though because either and pardon the phrase but either dustin or myself are going to be the ones doing the crank there so no way. It's going to be. No, it's you can don't even need to crank it up. What you can do is you can have it <laughs> automatized where you can even make it. A, only who can prevent forest fires? You pushed you as referring to me. The, that is incorrect. The correct answer is you. Right. So <laughs> We're living a golden age. If I'm going to be an automaton, you know, I can be fucking motion activated. I'm, you, I wouldn't doubt if you already have like a library. Of things that you are going Depending to include. Depending on the situation, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you were. I'm glad you were inspired to at least you have multiple avenues upon your 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 inevitable deceasing, oh, my friends. Speaking of, okay, <laughs> couple of other red scenes before we talk about the actors because, like, <laughs> I got a couple of 
jokes lined up. Oh, God help you all. My <laughs> apologies in advance. <laughs> so fucking. The fucking action scene where the werewolf actually uh, fighting in the hallway. The one where the, it's focusing on the door closing and the, the door background. closing in there. Meanwhile, he's jumping around, flipping around, fucking biting people's heads off and shit. Well, one thing I know at this point that Marvel has been accustomed to are the 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 homage to old boy just the long oneers be it the hall in a hallway mm-hmm. daredevil the punisher i'm sure, sure the defenders or what have you this one was a nice twist on it because you're focusing on the door closing yeah nothing else is mo- nothing you're not going anywhere but just and, all this a- violence and then also the accumulation of the of blood. blood on the camera <laughs> it was really nicely done um another great uh effect was the transformation this was another slow push in where instead of seeing the transformation on camera, it's almost like Plato's allegory of the cave because you just see these shadows behind her as we are closing in on Elsa. Very strobe lighting yes, too, just I like boom, boom, boom. Really, really liked it because then upon completion, he is a practical werewolf. He looks cool too. Yes. He is a cool looking werewolf like like a superhero werewolf. Yes, as you would in the MCU. Because he's not, be- he's very beastly, but he's not like dog soldiers beastly. Nope. He's more like. He looks like trans- a universal. Like a human, yeah, universal human werewolf monster hero. He's fucking rad. I really dug it. And again, the, the level of violence, it's up there. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> yes, it is brutal. And appropriate for a Halloween themed Marvel one shot. Mm-hmm. I was. I, I shouldn't say shocked at how much I enjoyed this. I'm I'm just glad it was self-contained. Yeah. We didn't need anything in the mythology or the background. It's just one entertaining story. It was great because you had all the monster hunters coming in, and they're all cloaked up and stuff. They're wearing their orgy masks, and it was like, oh, it's an or- orgy, a werewolf orgy. We finally got a werewolf orgy. And when it was happening on screen i'm like wait a second i mean let's not confuse people there wasn't an actual orgy involving werewolves on disney plus but there was orgy masks and werewolves let's just say when it was happening on screen i'm like oh it's happening this is it's it's happening it's a werewolf orgy (laughs) this is like your michael kane gene hackman moment in pcu (laughs) like this is my thesis but that happened this close. If it, if it was on show, if it was on HBO Max instead of Disney Plus, we might have a werewolf orgy. But alas, no. <laughs> it it would would it be like werewolf by after night or after dark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My lord. Uh, everything of course happens. We get the the, the bloodstone. It doesn't matter because honestly, this ending is wonderful because you have the giant sized man thing saving the day, coming named Ted and. But playing solitaire, mm-hmm. playing solitaire, that was wacky. I loved it. And then to go from the black and white to the colors. Meanwhile, somewhere. And it was kind of cool that like when they go introduced and somewhere over the rainbow, it's almost like they're now, okay, welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Bleeding into the universe. You have now finished your one shot. And now you're into the proper MCU. And it was kind of cool to see. I'm... I, I know we're saying this was a perfect starter and it's not a series or anything like that, but I kind of want to see the further adventures of uh, Werewolf by Night and Man-Thing going around, especially if they keep uh, Gariel Garcia going around because they can go around. Seriously, they can no. go around back and forth going across <laughs> cross adventures, having like sexual awakenings and shit. It would be like, eat through Man-Thing también. It would be fucking rad. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you. <laughs> Let's just say I was there for the origin of this little phenomenon and it was unpleasant then and it's unpleasant now because I was there with my friend Stephanie watching that movie who was a friend I was I had romantic inklings with. Not after that movie. It's awkward. It's awkward. From a diving board scene on and she was a fluent Spanish speaker. Oops. So she was soaking it all in while I was just sinking into my seat with every awkward scene. And then when I realized, like, hey, it's that it's guy. It's that guy from Eat Mama with the Ben with hanging as a werewolf, hanging out with fucking Man-Thing. Eat through Man-Thing Thambien. I'm telling you, it would work. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> We, no, it, it might not because it he not knows be fear. He knows fear versus the touch man thing. You have just charred corpses from here He's always, to Madrid. Just be constantly covering up the bodies that they're compiling here, man. It's just, again, 
Sexual shenanigans. Yeah, what were sexual shenanigans then are just felonies now. <laughs> right. So they've got to get with the times. Uh, <laughs> oh Lord. Well, this. Um, yeah, that was a very nice. That was a nice surprise. Yeah, with was. that one. There. I really was... enjoyed uh, Werewolf by Night. Well, and it should be noted. Uh, again, we're upset that we didn't get to head out to Halloween Palooza, but cannot recommend supporting them prescribed films uh mm-hmm. reverend entertainment a number of the sponsors they put out there when i take over a small town in iowa with my sand satanic cult i'll make sure that you guys are all good guaranteed you will outlaw birdies though yeah you'll be taking care of signs of the birds <laughs> now that being said um i think we're going to try to close out october we were going to we knew we were going to talk a film we just yeah. hadn't figured out which one yet and we're still discussing it ideally we're going to have to gauge how you feel after you see it, because I am going to have you finally take in this particular film. Yeah, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off one of these movies. You are, you are. Now, what are we going to be talking about? You'll have to tune in to see whether it is a trick or treat. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Orgy. Where